Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome once again to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smolka, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And today we are going to look ahead to Monday Night Football as the Ravens go to New Orleans to face the New Orleans Saints. A Saints team that is 3-5 and five and has some urgency about them at this point in the season. The Ravens 5-3, and three, working on their first two-game winning streak of the year. And after this game, the Ravens have a bye week. So they will be able to rest up and we'll talk about some of the banged up players. And the Ravens do have some banged up players to deal with. We will also talk about the trade deadline, and the Ravens were active again this year, and we will talk about that as well. First, I want to remind you that all Ravens, all Believe in the Ravens podcasts are sponsored by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, teams matchups, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, boxing, tennis, MMA, and even golf. Head to Bet Online and join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your reward. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Daniel Wilcox, before we get into this Ravens Saints Monday Night Football game, Let's talk about the NFL trade deadline. It was an incredibly busy day for a lot of teams leading up, or days, I should say, leading up to the trade deadline. And the Ravens were active again. For the third time in four years, General Manager Eric DaCosta swung a deadline deal. The Ravens pick up Chicago Bears linebacker Roquan Smith, an inside linebacker. The Ravens give up inside linebacker A.J. Klein. And they give up two draft picks in the 2023 draft, a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Daniel Wilcox, when you heard the news of the trade, what were your thoughts and what? how do you break down Roquan Smith's game? I mean, I was really excited, Bo. As soon as I heard the news, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going we to make a run. <laughs> I was like, the Ravens are, are serious this year. Eric DaCosta is, is masterminding everything right now. I just felt like it was such a good move by the Baltimore Ravens. I felt like our linebacking core wasn't, our strength and it's always been our strength. So I just feel like to try to get some of that back, you go get the leading tackler in the NFL by bringing in a Roquan Smith. He's a Georgia guy. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of favored to that as well. <laughs> you know, I always feel like us Georgia boys can make a huge difference on any team you put us on, you know, so to go get somebody with his type of leadership, his type of tenacity and his speed. I mean, he's a, I mean, if I remember correctly, he was a four, 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 five guy coming out in the combine and he ran sideline to sideline and, he was one of the fastest guys on that on that national championship team here in Georgia. And Georgia is one of those schools that's been, you know, playing great for years. And and it just they couldn't get over the hump. And he was a huge part of the reason why they got over the hump. You know, so to see us go and get a guy like him, to bring him in and put him right next to an LSU guy, Patrick Queen, in the middle of the field, I think that just that that's a pretty solid linebacker core. And I think I really feel this in my heart. He's the kind of guy that's going to play kind of like Ray Lewis, and he's going to be infectious. You know, he's going to come in with a lot of energy, a lot of juice. Anytime you trade teams, you're definitely trying to fit in, but more than anything, you're trying to prove yourself. You know, so I think he'll come in right away trying to prove his worth, trying to prove who he is, trying to, you know, try to set that tone. 
So I think Patrick McQueen has played at a high level, but I think his level of play will actually elevate, you know, with Roquan Smith right next to right next to him. And Roquan is the kind of guy that has such an accelerated pace to the ball. He closes to the ball extremely well. Um, he blitzes well. You know, he got he had a bunch of sacks in Chicago. He's a script tackler as well, so he will cause fumbles for you. And he got pretty decent hands, you know, so he could catch the ball fairly well, and he gets it in the hand. He's, he's, he's looking to score every single time. And to me, that's what you want out of your defensive players. He's a disruptor, and he's a guy that's going to disrupt some plays and some pass plays. He drops well in zones. He reads zones well. And he just does a phenomenal job. He reads routes well and stuff like that. So I think he'll bring a, a very high pace, fast pace, you know, option for our defense. And I think Mike McDonald is 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 blessed to have him. I just think it's one more guy that the Ravens have helped him with to make him that much better. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul was a great addition. And now you're bringing in Ray, Roquan Smith. And I think this is going to be one of the top defenses in the league this year by the time it's all said and done. You mentioned Roquan Smith. He does lead the league in tackles. And so Roquan Smith is playing out his fifth-year option with the Chicago Bears. And he, the team and Smith had a falling out this summer. It was clear they were not on the same page in terms of an extension. And so Roquan Smith in August asked to be traded. So it's been rumored for a while that Roquan Smith was available. The thing is, as a fifth-year option guy... He was due to make about $9 million this year, roughly $5 million left to be paid out. on. And the Ravens only had about $2.5 million in salary cap space. So right away, Roquan Smith struck me as an ideal trade target for this team. If you look at their linebacker core, you mentioned Patrick Queen. Their other starter at, at, at inside linebacker has been Josh Bynes, who is a super guy. But at 33 years old, he's lost a step, and now he's hurt. And behind those two... There really isn't much. Malik right. Harrison has been playing on the outside more than on the inside. A.J. Klein is there. He's been a role player. He was the one that was traded away just now. They've got Christian Welch and Delshawn Phillips are inside linebackers, and yet the Ravens clearly don't trust them to play defense because they've hardly played a defensive snap all year. So the depth at inside linebacker was really, really lacking, as you said. But I'm looking at Roquan Smith's salary, and I'm saying, well, he'd be a perfect fit, but the Ravens can't afford him. And what happened here in this deal, according to ESPN, the Bears have basically agreed to pay the majority of his contract. So the Ravens are only on the hook for about $600,000 of his contract this year. And that could have affected the trade compensation and the Ravens have to give up a second round pick. But Daniel Wilcox, you're getting an every down player to try to win now for less than a million dollars a year, which in, in today's market, that appears to be pretty much of a steal, does it not? Absolutely. I mean, he's, I was an undrafted free agent. And I think back, way back when, when I played, my fourth year was a $500,000 deal, you know? So, I mean, to be able to get him basically at league minimum, only Eric DaCosta and that mega minor he is, man, could do something else like that. You know, I mean, just to think that, you, you know, you have to pay out, you know, basically $5 million of his salary. You know, the Bears is going to pay four point whatever. And then you only got to pay five, 75, 600,000, whatever it is. You know, that's man, to me, that's it's it's ingenious. You know, you give up a second round pick for next year, they're definitely gonna try to find a way to get that second round pick back in some sort of in some kind of you know way or fashion, man. So I I think it's a, a brainiac move, a super smart move. And Eric DeCosta used to always say this, he's always say growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And he gotta have a growth mindset. You when you're looking for guys, you're looking for guys with growth mindsets. You know, so you want guys to come in that that want to have the mindset. They want to be the best and they want to c- climb the ladder and they want to continue to push themselves to grow. 
to get better and better and better. And I think Roquan Smith is, exemplifies that. You know, he's a guy that's going to come in. He's already high up on that list. And I think he's going to play at a high level for a long time. He's a guy that could probably be a, a Raven for another five or ten years. Well, this is the question they will have after the season, right? Because he is in the last year of his deal. And the question is, can the Ravens extend him? He's going to be looking for top dollar. And the mm-hmm. Ravens, of course, have the Lamar Jackson contract hovering over all. So they, I do think they will try to get an extension done with Roquan Smith. I think he's exactly the kind of player they want in the center of that defense long term. And then Patrick Queen is heading into his fifth year. The next, They have to decide whether to exercise his option next year. So that will be a question for another day. But they do get him for the rest of this year at a very affordable price. And, and if they were to lose him as a free agent at a contract that he's likely to draw – they would probably receive a third-round compensatory pick the following year. So they would they would get that in return. So I'm sure that also factored in Eric DaCosta's thinking. The thing is, I remember <clears throat> when the Ravens traded for Lamar Jackson, they gave up a second-round pick in the following year's draft. And I remember Eric DaCosta that next year being very upset that they did not have a second-round pick. And he knew they didn't. He's the one that made the trade, but... He just said so many good players came off the board in that second round, and it was frustrating waiting and waiting and waiting to try to be able to pick in the third round. So I think somewhere down the road, Eric DaCosta will try to wheel and deal and get another second-round pick because I think he sees a lot of talented players there, and it's a big deal for them to give up a second-rounder, having heard him say that that last time. But again, you get this player of this caliber, you probably had to get that second round pick was probably folded into this idea that the Bears are going to pay the majority of his contract, but they are in kind of a win now mode. They look around and say, this division is here to win. We've got Lamar Jackson. We've got the players we like. We can make a run now. And I think the Roquan Smith deal does that. I mentioned before, Eric DaCosta, this is the third time in four years he's pushed a deal. He's been aggressive at the trade deadline. He's made no secret about the fact that he likes to make trades. They traded for Marcus Peters in 2019, just before the trade deadline. That worked out really well. 2020, they traded for Yannick Ngakwe. That one didn't quite work out as well, and then he left after that season. But Eric Tacosta does not hesitate to make a deal at this time of year. Now, you mentioned Roquan Smith comes right into this team. We fully expect him to play on Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints on just a few days of practice with his new team. Also coming up on Monday night at New Orleans, The Ravens are expected to have Tyus Bowser back for the first time this year. Bowser, of course, tore his Achilles against Pittsburgh in the regular season finale last year, and it's been a slow grind back for him. Both he and rookie David Ajabo, their second-round draft pick, have been moved from injured reserve to the 53-man roster. Now, John Harbaugh said... He believes Bowser's ready to go and will play on Monday. Ajabo, a rookie, has not practiced a whole lot yet in full-team drills, probably won't play, but we do expect to see Tyus Bowser on Monday night. And Daniel Wilcox, how does Bowser's appearance or return to the team, I should say, change what they want to do defensively? I don't think it changes very much. I think it gives them a better pass rusher off the edge, which I think they really need. You know, so I don't think I think you'll work him in slowly, just like you did the other guys. You know, Dobbins and Stanley and and, and Gus. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll come in and you'll ration his reps. You know, he won't come in and play every single snap. You know, but he'll definitely come in and play 10, 15, maybe twenty plays, just to kind of get you know back in the rhythm of things and and, and see how it feels. You know, you know him having to change direction just naturally. And, um, you know, off reaction versus, you know, playing cuts or stopping goals and stuff like you do with drills, you know. So I, mean, I 
I definitely think they'll work him in slowly. But having him back on the field, I mean, it's huge. You know, a lot of guys really trust Bowser. Smart guy, super sharp, don't make mistakes. And um, he's consistent, you know. And when you got consistent players like him, you know, you miss them when, when, they, when they're absent and they're not on the field, you know, because you know, you know where he's going to be. He's always going to be where he's supposed to be. And he's going to look next to you and make sure you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be as well because he knows the defense that well, you know. So having him back on the field is huge. He's a leader. He's a great film study guy. And um, he was able to communicate with the guys very effectively. So being able to get Bowser back is huge for, I think, for this defense. And it's huge for Mike McDonald as well. So, you, you know, you get another leader back on the field, but not just a leader, but a playmaker, you know, and, and a guy that can actually disrupt the pass and, you know, give the quarterback a bad day any day, any given Sunday, you know. So yep. having Bowser back would be huge. Can't wait to hear 100% and he's ready to go every single snap. They ought to take some of those reps off Pierre Paul and the rest of those guys, Houston too as well. Now look at Justin Houston. I mean, they've done that. They've rationed Justin Houston more lately than they did early in the season, and he's come back with a vengeance. The last two games, Justin Houston has had sacks on back-to-back plays in both of the last two games. So, And he's doing it playing 15 to 20 snaps a game, which is what they want from him. If mm-hmm. Justin Houston's playing more – if he's playing too much, he's going to wear down at his age, and he missed those right. games earlier with a groin injury. So he is back as well. Now, players that won't be back this week include wide receiver Rashad Bateman. John Harbaugh announced this week that Bateman will undergo season-ending surgery on a Liz Frank injury in his foot. So that is a big blow for this Ravens office and a real disappointment for the Ravens' second-year wide receiver in their first draft pick in the 2021 draft. Bateman originally got hurt in the Buffalo game in week four. He missed a couple games. He came back and played against Cleveland. He tried to go at Tampa Bay and was taken out of the game early. After the game, John Harbaugh had said that Bateman had tweaked the foot injury, but then the next day he acknowledged that the the injury was actually a little more serious than that. And then a couple days later, Harbaugh says that Rashad Bateman has decided to undergo surgery to repair a Liz Frank injury, and that will indeed set him out the rest of the season. So Bateman is done for the year. It's a disappointing second season for Bateman, who will finish with 15 catches for 285 yards and two touchdowns. Remember, he had big touchdowns in the first two games of the year. A 55-yarder at the New York Jets, and then a 75-yard catch-and-run touchdown against Miami. But his season is abruptly over. So here comes Devin Duvernay again. Is going to have to step up. James Prochet. The Ravens did not trade for a wide receiver, which a lot of people were hoping they would do, but it's going to be yeah. in the hands of Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, and guys like Isaiah Likely, who emerged mm-hmm. as the rookie tight end did at Tampa Bay. So you can look at this Monday night. Bateman is out. Mark Andrews, remember, the Ravens' leading receiver or tight end top target for Lamar Jackson. He left the game at Tampa Bay with a shoulder injury. John Harbaugh downplayed the seriousness of it, but he may or may not be available against New Orleans. And Gus Edwards got hurt against New Orleans, uh, Tampa Bay with a hamstring injury that John Harbaugh also described as mild. But again, I'm not sure anything can be viewed as mild when you're coming off a year where you tore your ACL and missed a whole year. So Gus Edwards and Andrews are both highly questionable for this week. And if, if they're both out, it becomes a situation where the Ravens are Going to be challenged offensively. Having said that, all three of those guys left the game against Tampa Bay, and the Ravens ran wild over Tampa Bay anyway Mm -hmm. in the second half of that game. So I think they have figured out some things they want to do uh, offensively, rather, and that's going to be interesting to monitor this health of Andrews and Gus Edwards especially 
We already know Rashad Bateman will be out. So we will bear watching to see which injured players are available for the Ravens this week on the practice field and what that might suggest for who will be available in the game at New Orleans on Monday night. We will break down the Saints roster, get a little more in-depth with some of their key personnel after this from ButcherBox. All right, now the New Orleans Saints, 3-5. and five. The Ravens have to go to New Orleans. It is a tough, tough place to play. And it's an offense that in New Orleans is struggling in a way because Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, both hurt. But they've got Andy Dalton, our old friend Andy Dalton. But Ravens, I've seen a lot of him over the years. He is expected to be at quarterback. They've got Alvin Kamara, good, good, dangerous running back. And Taysom Hill, who kind of does everything for them. Let me ask you, Daniel Wilcox, Taysom Hill. When you watch him, what do you think of him? How do you defend him? And do you ever wish you had a role like him where you could throw passes, run a whole bunch of times? Um, I definitely want to run the ball a lot. I would have loved the kid in the backfield actually get a handoff instead of having to block for a back that's bigger than me, like Jamal Lewis. You know, but um, I mean, yeah, Taysom Hill. I think he's got a very interesting role. You know, he came in as a quarterback, and now he's mm-hmm. you know he's listed as a tight end, H back type guy, and then he comes in and does some phenomenal things, man. You know, he's a talented guy. He's very athletic, and um, it's it's really interesting to see how they use him. You know, week in and week out, you know, he makes some really big plays for the Saints. I know we'll be ready for it. You know, it's not like he's going to come in the game. We don't know Taysom Hill is in the game. All right, seven's in the game. Make sure you send such and such in. They'll have a guy just for Taysom Hill. You know, if I if I know um the the, the Ravens correctly, who would you know, who, make, who who would that be? To, who's ideal to defend him? To me, if it was me, I, I think I would put fourteen on him, Hamilton. You know, you got a new guy. He's young. He's fresh. He could run. He could hit. He's physical. He's big. He's athletic. He got great hands. He could cover. He could do a little bit of everything, you know. So to me, I would, I think I would put Hamilton on him, and um, go into a special package or something where I bring him down into the, you know, into the box. You know, I just, I think he would be the guy. But I, I definitely think you don't let him go crazy on you with this wildcat stuff they're doing, and you want to definitely disrupt his timing and disrupt the things that he's doing at at, at the QB spot when he comes in the game. And what about Alvin Kamara, another one who's really tough against the Raiders? They're coming off a team where, that game where they shut yeah. out the Las Vegas Raiders. And mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara had three touchdowns in this game, one rushing and two receiving. And historically, the Ravens have struggled. And this is where Roquan Smith will be interesting to see. The Ravens have struggled with receiving running backs a lot of times. Um, right. So what's the strategy defending a, a good receiving running back? Um, just protect the flats. You know, most most running back plays are designed to get him outside. You know, so he'll be a swing route or 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 flat route to the flats or a check down where he can, you know, he give you a two way option and run away. But either way, he's running towards the sideline, left or right. You know, so I, I just think just protecting the flats, keeping an eye on him. Don't forget that he's out there. Kamara's a guy that you can't forget about. You know, he's there. Mark Andrews on their team. You ask me. You know, so he's a guy that you got to always know where he's at at all times. He can really, really, really hurt you. You know, he's another Georgia guy, you know, grew up here in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's just a, he's a super shifty, fast, speedy guy that could run. You know, he's physical. He plays well. He's twitchy. He can make you miss and he can put the shoulder down and run through you, too, as well. Break arm tackles. So, you know, you got to You got to hit him. You got to hit him quite a bit. I remember a game we played Pittsburgh and they had a young guy that was coming up and he was talking smack and really played us like that before. 
And um, his name was, I think, Rashad Mendenhall or something like that, mm -hmm. Mendenhall. Mm -hmm. And um, he was talking smack before the game, the week leading up into that game. And, you know, we took it pretty personal, you know. And um, Ray Lewis, if I remember correctly, broke his collarbone that game. <laughs> you know, it was he hit him so freaking hard. And I was like, oh, you knew he was hurt. You know, and kid went out the game and never heard him talk smack again. You know, so, <laughs> you know, Alvin's not one of those guys. He's just a playmaker. He's just a good old-fashioned playmaker, putting the ball in his hands. He's the kid that was on Friday Night Lights named Booby. You know, you want to win, put Booby in and let Booby spin. <laughs> you know, he's that guy. You know, so he'll go out there and just make plays for you, man. So we got to know who he is and where he is at all time, know where number 41 lines up, and then we got to give him the respect that he deserves. You know, you bring guys in and hit him. You want to make him pick himself up off the ground as many times as he possibly can. And um, when he gets on the pile, just kind of pile on top of him a little bit, give him a little bit of that, that good old South – that good old Raven love, Charm City love, you know what I mean? A little bit of the business. A little bit of the business. The Saints are coming off a game where they shut out the Raiders, and they don't have, right. they haven't had Marshawn Lattimore, a really good cornerback. But I think against this Ravens team, especially without Rashad Bateman, the, the bigger issue is going to be can the, can the Saints stop the Ravens' run game? The Saints' run defense is middle of the pack. They rank about 14th overall. But with no Rashad Bateman, I expect this Ravens team to try to anchor this game on the ground again, mm -hmm. as they did. Remember, in the Tampa Bay game, they came out throwing against a depleted Bucks secondary, and it didn't really go well in that first half. They never really got in rhythm. Second half, they came out on a run-first heavy offense, which they want to be, and they just ran the ball down the Buccaneers' throat. And I think yeah. the Ravens' game plan should be to try to establish that run and win with the run. Now, the Gus Edwards injury looms here because he's a big part of in the last two games he came back he's a big part of their run game success in the past two years or past two weeks rather so the rate the, the saints do present some problems and they're home and do you think there's something to this idea that there's a sense of urgency that they're the more desperate team at three and if they lose they're three and six in a division yeah. that's very winnable but three and six is still three and six so yeah. can that sense of urgency tilt the scales in their favor? Do, do we make too much of that? No, I don't think you make enough of it. I, I think you're 100% correct. I mean, everybody sit down and look at the numbers. Just like fans look at numbers, players look at it, and coaches look at it, staff members look at it. Nobody wants to be three and five. Nobody wants to be three and six. They're looking for a win every single week. You know, they're looking into this thing just as hard as we are, and they're thinking just like, man, we, we got to win this game. We know it's a tough game. This is a game everybody probably expecting us to lose. We're the underdogs at home and you know in our own dome down here in new orleans so i mean i think i mean i i know how they feel i don't even think i know exactly how they feel as as players they're in the locker room every single day bro we got lamar jackson coming here this week you know and it's heavy it's weighing heavy on your shoulders we we got it we, we can't take this team light lightly it's the baltimore ravens we know how serious their defense have always been we know they're not playing well on defense we got to take advantage of them right now we got to hit them where it hurts. You know, we got to figure out a way to slow Lamar down. Mark Andrews ain't playing, thank God. You know, these are conversations that are happening right now in that locker room. You know, but that new kid likely is, you know, he. we got to keep our eye on him. We got to make sure we hit that kid and, you know, kind of knock him off his rocker a little bit. You know, and we got to be physical. The offense has to – the Saints offense has to be physical. If they're not physical against the Ravens defense, it's going to be a long night for them. And I think they know that already. You know, so they're just going to do everything they can to try to out-physical the Ravens' defense. They know we just picked up Roquan Smith. You can look at the depth chart. His name is already penciled in as a starter. 
So you know you got to see the kid. You know, it's just it's just one of those things, man. You look at the Ravens defense and they look really good on paper. You know, mm-hmm. really, really good from Clayus Campbell, you know, to Queen and, and Roquan, you know, to the secondary, Kyle Hamilton. You know, wish Marcus Williams wasn't hurt. I know he would really be up for this game. You know, yes, and then you look would, at the, sure. Yeah, and then you look at the two corners we have. I mean, they 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 nothing they nothing shorter than you know extra extraordinary. You know, so. I mean, they know they got to be physical this week. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Saints come in and try. To, you, you can't come in and try to finesse this defense. You got to come in and try to out physical them, and you got to get them on their heels. You got to make them say, "Oh my God, we playing Pittsburgh? Who the, who the heck are we playing?" You know, they got to look at you differently. They got to respect you. You got to make the Ravens defense respect you. And I think the Ravens defense is going to continuously get better as the weeks go on. Mike McDonald's going to get more and more comfortable doing what he's doing. I think the guys are going to get more comfortable with this new scheme that he's put in and they're going to get better and better every single week. They've gotten better. I think there's no question about it. I think I've seen over the past month they have gotten better, and I know they had the meltdowns against Miami, and they had the meltdown mm-hmm. against Buffalo, and they had the late fold against the Giants. It was also created by the offensive turnover. But that defense, I would say, over the past month has gotten significantly better, and, and of course it gets better with Roquan Smith. All right, right, before we do predictions, after this game, the Ravens have a bye. They get the, they, they've had this mini bye after the Thursday night game. Now they play on Monday night, and then they have a bye, and they don't play again until November the 20th. Do you like the idea of the bye coming at this almost exact midpoint of the season? Do you wish it came earlier? Do you wish it came later? I love it. I think you need a break midway through this thing always. I hate when it comes too early because you feel like you it's not a real bye. I feel like um I feel like we're getting better week week in week out with the people that are coming back off the injury reserve or off the pup list or that's mm-hmm. coming back that's been hurt for a couple of weeks. So the bye I think couldn't come at a better time for the Ravens. We get they get a break to sit back and you know kind of smell the roses a little bit, kind of reflect on what they did the first half of the season, smack themselves again for those three losses that they have because they could have won all three, and then say all right this is how we're gonna look at, at the second half of the season. We're gonna start over. We zero and zero. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go one and zero every game, every week, and then see what happens, you know. And I, I think that's the only way to look at it when you play this game, you know, one and zero every week. Who cares about what you did last week? This week is the first game of the year, one and zero. Let's get started. And I think that I think once they, the Ravens, take this bye week, they they, they sit back, they smell, they take a deep breath, and they and they kind of smell where they are right now. I think they'll be happy where they're at. But I think they'll be still pissed off about those three they gave away because they basically just gave three games away. Clearly, they could have won every single one of them. So they will go into this bye at either six and three with a three-game winning streak or mm-hmm. five and four, uh, and they would still be in first place in the division after Cincinnati got, you know, r- routed by the Cleveland Browns, Browns yeah. last week, and so that pushed them down. And the Ravens, so they're essentially guaranteed to still be in first place when they get to their bye, one way or the other. Uh, And then, as you said, they will have a chance to let players like Gus Edwards, Mark Andrews, and everyone, you know, these players will always tell you, and you know, that players always say, well, you're never 100%. I mean, once training camp starts, you're never 100%. But they get the bye week for the guys that are more seriously injured, like Gus Edwards and Mark Andrews and some other guys to really uh, get themselves healed up. That will be the bye week after this. But all right, here we go. Monday Night Football at New Orleans. We need predictions. Daniel Wilcox, Ravens, Saints. What's your final score? All right, I'm going to stick with my 35 for Baltimore, man. I just really feel like the Ravens are going to put up 35 this week. And I know that probably is going to piss some Saint fans off, but who cares? All right, 35 points by the Baltimore Ravens. 
And since they got Will Lutz, Will Lutz was one of my guys at Georgia State. Mm. I'm going to give them 17. Will Lutz going to kick that 17th point for them. You know, so 35-17 Baltimore. So Will Lutz, Will Lutz is a great story, having a super <laughs> career with the New Orleans Saints. And this was a guy, Will Lutz, I'm glad you brought him up. He was here in training camp with the Ravens as, a, as an undrafted rookie, learning from Justin Tucker. And we've often thought, well, if you're going to be an undrafted rookie kicker, why would you come to Baltimore where you know they already have Justin Tucker? But what happens is these guys come and they spend the summer playing with Justin Tucker and learning from Justin Tucker. And Will Lutz is a guy that at the end of that summer, as he fully expected what happened, he got cut by the Ravens. He gets assigned by the New Orleans Saints, and he has been a terrific kicker for them. And so Will Lutz comes was here that summer for the Ravens, and he's had a super career for the New Orleans Saints. And I know when Justin Tucker sees Will Lutz do well, he's always very happy for him. I don't think he'll be happy it's a game-winning field goal this weekend, but right. Will Lutz has done very well for himself in New Orleans after, after his first rookie summer with the Baltimore Ravens. I will go. I've gone back and forth. I don't think this is going to be an easy game, and there were times I was picking the Saints to win it. I just think it's a road game. I think the Ravens are going to be cautious with their injuries. I don't. We may not see Mark Andrews. I don't think we'll see Gus Edwards. So then can Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis and Justice Hill do what they need to do in the running game? They weren't really doing it early in the year, but I feel like they're playing with a little more confidence, and I think the defense is playing a lot better than it was uh, a couple, you know, earlier in the season. And I think the injuries to Michael Thomas and to Jarvis Landry are significant. So I'm going to pick the Ravens to win 24 to 20. I think it's going to be close and it's not easy to win at New Orleans on Monday night football. It will be loud, but I'm going Ravens 24 and the saints 20. All right. We're five, five, we're five and two against the saints. Now don't get that twisted. We're five and two versus the saints. And I think that we got a really good chance. We play well on prime time Monday night. You know, so I'm just I, I really believe we're gonna hang thirty five. Lamar, if you're listening to this, give me thirty five this week, brother. I know you got it in you. Well, he will probably if he doesn't have Mark Andrews, expect a big game from Isaiah Likely again. He really right. came he had his coming out party at Tampa Bay and he showed what he can do, and that's what we saw from Likely all summer. So some of those guys will be emerging if if Mark Andrews doesn't play. Well, that will be the Ravens and the Saints on Monday night football. For Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smolka on the Believe in the Ravens podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.